true crime fans. I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, wonderful week with family, hopefully. And we are so sorry this episode is late. Yeah, we had some family in town from Oregon. We did some really fun things through the week. And then our editor got sick. Poor guy. Yeah, poor Drew. Um, I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Uh, But yeah, today we are finally back can't wait to share an episode with you guys today. Oh, and speaking of today's episode, thank you so much to Sandra for recommending it. All right, guys, this is episode 256 of Going West, so let's get into it. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. In December of 1997, A 23-year-old woman went out to a bowling alley with friends to celebrate finals week and a recent promotion. But after a fun, seemingly uneventful evening, she disappeared without a trace along with her car. She was missing for a whole month before her body was found during the search for someone else. This is the story of Lainey Gwinner. and that's what we're going to call her today, was born on March 18, 1974, to parents John and Sandra, and she had a brother named David. The Gwinners resided in West Chester Township, which is a suburb just north of Cincinnati, Ohio. And her friends and family remember her glowingly 
saying her bubbly personality, big heart, and beautiful smile lit up any room she walked into. Her aunt, whose name is Patty Hall, said fondly, quote, She loved country music. She loved line dancing, and she loved animals. She was known among friends for how fun she was, especially on the dance floor. And a Facebook memorial page run by a close friend of Lainey's reads, quote, She had taken an interest in line dancing, which all but consumed her. Any Thursday through Sunday night, you could find her at the Cheyenne Cattle Company owning the dance floor. Everyone around her could see and feel it, even those who didn't know her yet. Lainey made a lasting impression. Those lucky enough to have been considered a friend by Lainey now have a place in their heart that will remain forever untouched. Daphne, have you ever been line dancing before? Uh, like in middle school, they made us do that, right? Was we should that... we should try it sometime. I'm down. I'm down. I mean, just, I don't, I don't just dance for... much. But I, yeah, I know. I know we're not like huge fans of country music, but. It'd be fun. We do anything. Yeah, we'll try anything once. <laughs> so by all accounts, she was a joyful young woman, a very girly girl, and a lovely and devoted friend. After graduating from Lakota High School in 1992, Lainey got a jump on her career. And first she worked for two local phone companies, Quest Communications and Telco Communications. And the two together made up more than a full-time job for sure. So, you know, she had these two different jobs, but so Both like two phone companies. Yeah, two part-time phone company jobs that made one full-time job, essentially. And then in the evening, Lainey was pursuing degrees in both business and accounting at Raymond Walters College, which is now known as the University of Cincinnati Blue Ash College at night. So she was working full-time, going to school at night, just trying to, you know, make her dreams come true ASAP. Situated in the southwest corner of Ohio, Cincinnati is perched along the Ohio River, which divides the border of Ohio and Kentucky, where the Midwest meets the South. Now, in December of 1997, 23-year-old Laney seemed to be at the top of her game. She had just finished her finals for the semester, and she had done really well. She had recently gotten a promotion at work, and about six weeks prior, she had started dating a new boyfriend, Mike Hawkins, and the two were having fun together. But on the evening of Wednesday, December 10th, Lainey went out with some friends to celebrate, dressed casually in a blue sweater, jeans, and boots. Lainey loved to shoot pool, so she wound up at Gilmore Lanes, a local favorite for bowling, pool, drinks, and also food. Now, Gilmore Lanes, which is still open today, is located in Fairfield, Ohio, about a half-hour drive north of Cincinnati. And other locals and friends hanging out that night remember that Lainey was in really good spirits and that nothing seemed out of the ordinary. She had a couple of beers, but not so many that she couldn't have driven herself home and shot a few games of pool. When she was getting ready to call it a night, she made two phone calls from the phone at the bowling alley. One to a friend, letting them know that she was leaving, and the second to her boyfriend, Mike, telling him that she was headed over to his house to spend the night. The strange thing here is that the timeline of the evening has been somewhat disputed, with reports claiming that Lainey left the bowling alley sometime between midnight and 1 a.m. during the early morning hours of Thursday, December 11, 1997. But Lainey never made it to her boyfriend's house that night, and he just kind of figured that she had maybe changed her mind and headed home to her parents' house in Westchester, where she lived with her family while she was attending school. So he's not super alarmed yet, 
even though she had said, I'm leaving and I'm coming over right now, he thought, okay, something must have come up. I'm sure everything's fine. Yeah, sometimes people have a change of heart as well. Not a big deal. But her parents assumed the opposite. And they actually thought that she was spending a couple of days at Mike's house. So it seemed that there was kind of this miscommunication going on here where her parents are thinking she's at Mike's. Mike is thinking that she's at her parents. And the two are not communicating obviously. So nobody knows where she is. Yeah. And this is always really tough when this happens because we lose so many important days or so much important time, which is not anybody's fault, of course, but it is always just super unfortunate when this happens. So the late start on the missing persons report, unfortunately, also meant a late start on the search for Lainey. But basically when she didn't show up for work multiple days in a row, Lainey's parents, friends, and her boyfriend, Mike, grew very concerned And that's when they kind of started to compare notes and realized that nobody had seen her since she left the bowling alley early that Thursday morning. So Lainey's father, John, was the one to report her missing. Meanwhile, her friends and family launched a guerrilla campaign to really get the word out in the community, including urging local news stations to broadcast the details of her disappearance. And actually, it wasn't just Lainey who disappeared. Her car was missing, too. Lainey's beloved sports car, which was a black 1993 Honda Civic CRZ Del Sol two-seater with Ohio license plate AKP3607, had seemingly vanished into thin air. Now, of course, some wondered if she had gone with it, like maybe willingly disappearing herself. But her friends and family protested that not only would she not have done that to them, but she had way too much going for her at that moment in time to voluntarily run away. Yeah, I mean, she was working two jobs. She was also in school. Doesn't really make sense. And somebody could argue maybe that that's why she wanted to run away because she was doing all these things. Maybe she wanted to, you know, a little change of pace, but it just, her family was like, this is like, that's not what happened here. So police were also keeping a close watch on her bank account, of course, because If she did run away willingly... She would have probably used it. Absolutely. I mean, she must have. But her account remained untouched, so that was not a good sign. And no cash had been withdrawn, and there were also no new charges on her debit card at all. So all signs pointed to somebody abducting her in her own car. Now, as we said, no one had seen her after she had walked out of Gilmore Lanes. So it seemed as if something had transpired in the short distance between the bowling alley and her car, which was parked in the conjoining Gilmore Lanes parking lot. And this was located at 5595 Dixie Highway in Fairfield. And it sits at the intersection of South Gilmore Road and Dixie Highway. Now, directly next door, across just a small stretch of grass acting as basically a median, is a gas station with a car wash, a convenience store, and also an ATM, as well as a bowling supply shop. Gilmore Lanes features a large parking lot surrounding the building on three sides, all except the side that's shared with the gas station. Police began questioning those who were at Gilmore Lanes that night, which was no easy feat, of course, considering that dozens of people had been in and out of the bowling alley and parking lot on the night that Lainey had disappeared. And how do you even track that down? Like, this is the the 90s. Like, how are you going to find everybody that was in the bowling alley? Yeah, it'd be so hard. Especially somebody who does not want to be questioned, who is not going to come forward and say, I was there that night because they're her killer, you know? Exactly. 
So Gilmore Lanes was and still is a pretty happening spot for locals of all ages, and the night of December 10th was no exception. According to patrons, everyone knew everyone there that night, and many of them had seen or even spoken to Laney. So while police interviewed everyone who had been there, every patron was cooperative and helpful, and police had no reason to believe that anyone there was the culprit or involved in her disappearance in any way which made things a lot more tricky, as it seemed that this was a parking lot abduction and probably a completely random crime of opportunity. Many investigators believe that it was someone who happened to be at the adjacent gas station at the time that Laney was leaving, or possibly passing by on the busy Dixie Highway out front, spotting her from their own vehicle. Now, Laney's friends and family were racked with guilt for not ensuring that she had made it to her car safely, and subsequently made it home safely. On Saturday, December 13th, 1997, almost three full days after she had last been seen, Lainey's friends and family held a vigil in the parking lot of Gilmore Lanes, just hoping to raise awareness and willing somebody who had been there that night to come forward with any new information. And to the delight of both Lainey's loved ones and the investigators working on the case, Tips poured in after the vigil. How cool is that, that they're able to hold this vigil to find information, and then all of a sudden it just sparks this huge interest. Yeah, like it worked. But I'll say, unfortunately, none of them actually led to Lainey's whereabouts, nor the location of her car. So at first, it seemed like it was going to be this great help, and then it didn't lead them anywhere. And Frank Smith, the cold case detective who took over Lainey's investigation, said, quote, after 72 hours, you're losing your ground, losing the element of surprise, losing the vehicles, losing potential witnesses. But police continued their relentless questioning, interviewing hundreds of people. And in addition to everyone at Gilmore Lanes, employees and locals alike, they spoke to her friends and family and even focused on her boyfriend, Mike, giving him a polygraph test or a lie detector test. Now, no one raised suspicions, which was in theory a relief that no one, you know, that she knew or loved was involved, but it also brought in the parameters of the search significantly. Because remember as well, at this point, they still have no idea what happened to her. They don't know if she's alive. They don't know if she's deceased. They don't know if she's hurt. They have no idea. Yeah, the only information they have to go on is that she went missing from that bowling alley. And her car is missing. So like that leads us with so many possibilities. So police began ramping up their efforts in the hope of just kind of jogging someone's memory. Billboards were placed in the area with a picture of Lainey smiling in a cowboy hat, offering a $10,000 reward for information. They searched nearby parks and wooded areas to see if her body had maybe been buried there if she was deceased, and along the Great Miami River, which bordered Fairfield, where they believed her car may have been dumped in the water. Frank Smith, the cold case detective who took over Laney's case, remembered, quote, We interviewed, we polygraphed, we backgrounded so many people in this case, and we firmly believe that when she walked out of there that night, she walked out by herself and probably was grabbed before she even got into her car. Christmas and New Year's came and went with no sign of Laney, a devastating first for her friends and family. Then, on January 4th, 1998, a seemingly unrelated crime set into motion a chain of events 
that would further change the course of the investigation into Lainey Gwinner's disappearance. Michael Parton, or Mike, was a local man who had recently begun his tenure as a police officer in Covington, Kentucky, just across the Ohio River from Cincinnati. Now, late on the evening of January 4th, in the dark, cold dead of winter that followed the excitement of the holidays, Mike was summoned for backup to the Clay Wade Bailey Bridge, one of many bridges connecting Ohio and Kentucky over the Ohio River. A fellow police officer had pulled over a young man under suspicion of drunk driving, and after being summoned from the car for further questioning, the man fled on foot into the night. Mike arrived on the scene and spotted the man running across the bridge. Mike ran after him but lost his footing and slipped, falling from the bridge and plummeting into the frigid, harshly frozen Ohio River below. Horrified, his fellow officer called for backup immediately, and a massive search effort was launched, utilizing boats, divers, and even helicopters. But the Ohio River didn't give up its victim willingly. It was known to be murky, silty, and dark, especially in the winter when ice and snow runoff raised the water levels significantly. It was also as many as 167 feet, or 51 meters deep, and almost 1,000 miles, or over 1,500 kilometers long. At the time of his death, Mike was just 25 years old, and had only been on the force for just over a year. He left behind wife Lisa, to whom he had just been married, and a young stepdaughter. The man he was chasing, Shanta Robertson, was convicted of manslaughter and put in jail. When they finally recovered his body, Mike was buried with police honors. That's just crazy that he's just trying to follow a drunk driver and loses his footing and then dies in the, you know, in the events of it. But it That's seemingly, so yeah, it's very, very sad, but it seemingly has a connection here to Lainey. Right, so, so let's get into that. So on January 11th, 1998, while they were still desperately searching for any sign of Mike, the search and rescue team noticed something that looked like a body floating in the Ohio River near Warsaw, Kentucky, approximately 65 miles or 104 kilometers from Gilmore Lanes, where Laney had last been seen. And this body floating in the river wasn't Mike, but it was actually Laney Gwinner floating in some brush near the riverbank exactly one month after she had disappeared. An autopsy was conducted the very next day, which was January 12th, 1998, and Lainey's body was reportedly, quote, fully clothed and in good condition. Yeah, but how, cr how crazy is this that they're looking for Officer Mike and they happen to stumble upon a second body? Yeah, because it's like if he had not lost his footing and fallen off that bridge trying to chase a drunk driver... It, it, yeah. Who knows if or when she would have been found. So this is, I mean, really is so crazy. So, you know, even though the water was obviously very, very cold this time of year, it seemed odd that her body was so well preserved given how long she had been missing. Because typically within a month, she probably would have been visually unrecognizable. And this led investigators and the medical examiner to believe that her body had been sheltered from the water for most of the time that she had been submerged in it which brings us back to her car. So although there was still no sign of it, investigators believe that she had been killed inside her car, potentially even in the uh, bowling alley parking lot, 
and that her murderer had then driven her car and body into a nearby embankment of the Ohio River and dumped Laney and her car there. Now, it's hard to believe that nobody saw or heard this happening or that it happened as quickly as it seemed to have happened, but Laney's body was protected inside her car for weeks and then eventually dislodged and traveled downstream until she was spotted. It was like like divine intervention for real. So there was no water in her lungs, meaning that she was already dead when she entered the water. And there was also no signs of sexual assault and very little signs of a struggle. Now, although there were scratches found on her arms, those were ultimately ruled to be from sticks and branches that she had just come in contact with while floating in the river. There was no sign of her sweater, but she was still wearing her jeans, boots, and t-shirt that she was believed to have been wearing underneath her sweater that night at the bowling alley. Her driver's license was found in her back pocket, and there was so much skepticism from the medical examiner that an official cause of death was never announced. As true crime listeners, you're aware of the dangers out there in the world. So why not keep your home as safe and secure as possible? Daphne and I do this by using Simply Safe. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. When we get ready for our summer trips this year, I will feel so much better about leaving the house knowing that Simply Safe has our back, just freeing me from my constant anxieties. And also something I love is that their system blankets your entire home in protection from break-ins to fires to floods. And with indoor and outdoor cameras to choose from, you will feel safe any time of day or night. And Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring agents to help stop crimes in real time. Which is part of why they were named the best home security system of 2024. Simply Safe has given us and so many listeners real peace of mind, and we want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash going west. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. On January 17th, 1998, the Gwinner family held a beautiful service for Lainey at the St. John Church in her hometown of Westchester, Ohio. The Justice for Elena Facebook page remembers, quote, She would have been proud of the number of friends and family that came to show their respects. Now that the worst is over, we begin to look for answers. Her loved ones also held a memorial service on what would have been her 24th birthday two months later on March 18th. The following month, in April of 1998, the reward for information leading to an arrest in her case was increased to $50,000. On the one-year anniversary of her disappearance, another memorial was held, and again, her family begged their community for information. But none came. Then, Frank Smith joined the investigation, bringing with him a specialty in cold cases. Frank zeroed in on trying to find the car, believing that it would lead them directly to Laney's killer. To this day, Frank believes that the car is either in the Great Miami River or the Ohio River, and the Great Miami River actually flows into the Ohio River, so it's possible for her car to have been deposited in the Great Miami River, even though the discovery of her body was made in the Ohio River. Frank personally believes that it was initially a sexually motivated crime, that a man saw her alone and then just took advantage of the opportunity, approaching her with the intent of sexually assaulting her, but when she fought back, he got scared and probably killed her by accident, subsequently dumping her car and body to get rid of any trace of his crime. Frank speculates, quote, My own personal opinion in the case of Laney, it probably was sexual assault, but when whoever the suspect is attempted to take her, he had his hands full because she definitely was a fighter. And at that point, he couldn't complete the sexual assault, and he completed an act of homicide. One source claimed that Frank tracked down leads as far north as Chicago and as far south as Florida. In June of 2006, a home was raided believed to contain paperwork and possible evidence that may pertain to Laney's murder as well as other crimes. But the information found from that search has never been made public, nor have the findings from the supposed lead in Chicago. Frank even made the rounds to prisons in the area and questioned people who were free at the time but later locked up for crimes similar to this nature. Now, Frank announced that the investigators heard via ongoing interviews that someone had been seeking a ride late that night from the bowling alley and that they believe that man was ultimately responsible for Laney's death. Like, either he used that as an, he was around and used that as an opportunity to try to abduct her and possibly sexually assault her. Right, like as some sort of ruse. Yeah, or he asked her for a ride and things went wrong because he's a piece of shit. But no other details were made public, like no names were ever associated with this claim. Comment sections and online forums are rife with speculation, by the way, of course, with every case we cover. But this in particular, for this case in particular, there's a lot of speculation that a local man who lived near the bowling alley was the culprit, claiming that Frank believed this as well and that the man had criminal charges of sexual battery on his record. However, neither Frank nor any of the locals claiming they believed he was involved ever named this guy, 
and because there was no evidence left behind and no car still, he was never identified as a person of interest. Still desperately seeking her car as the last known link to Laney, Frank enlisted divers and underwater search and rescue teams to scan the rivers with sonar. And despite their best efforts, the car still did not turn up, which is so insane to me. But in 2005, the remains of a black Honda were found in the Great Miami River, which Heath told us about, only described as being in poor condition. Now, Frank was, of course, very hopeful that the vehicle identification number, or the VIN, would match Laney's, saying, quote, There's a misconception that water destroys evidence, and that's not the case always. Even though the vehicle has been uncovered for many years, it's not uncommon to retrieve evidence from one that has been submerged for so long. But unfortunately, this car was not a match to Laney's. So there was just another black Honda in the river. Yeah, kind of scary. But Frank was relentless in his quest for justice for Laney, claiming that this would not deter his efforts. And this is what he said, quote, There's been a lot of people who have forgotten about Laney Gwinner, but I'm certain that the sheriff's office has not and will not. It's always important to compare and contrast similar cases when there are so few leads. And one case in particular bore a resemblance due to the similar circumstances but also due to the physical resemblance between the victim and Lainey Gwinner. 17-year-old Erica Frazier disappeared on October 21st, 1997 from a video store in Brooksville, Kentucky, about an hour drive away from Gilmore Lanes where Lainey was last seen. And this is only like a month and a half before Lainey went missing. Exactly. So Erica had been out with some friends that night and her last known whereabouts were at the store between 9 and 10 p.m. The following day, her 1998 Pontiac Bonneville was found abandoned at a farm a short distance from where she had last been seen with her purse, wallet, checkbook, and cash inside. Her keys were found covered in leaves across the street. That's so suspicious. Yeah. So creepy when, when that happens. Yeah, and there was no sign of a struggle, but foul play is suspected in her disappearance. No shit, someone's trying to cover up her car. Yeah, definitely. But oddly, Erica, who was a senior in high school at the time, had, like Laney, been planning to study accounting. But the similarities didn't end there. Erica and Laney are physically strikingly similar. Both were thin and medium heights. Laney was 5 foot 7 inches and about 110 pounds, and Erica was 5 foot 6 inches and 115 pounds. Both were pretty young women with light brown hair and had even both been wearing jeans and a sweater at the time that they vanished. But unlike Laney's case, however, a person of interest emerged quickly in Erica's disappearance, the last person that she had been seen with. Along with her friends, Erica had been hanging out with a 20-year-old acquaintance named Shane Simcox. Shane was believed to be the last person to see her, but he claimed that she had dropped him off at his home around 9 p.m. and that he had not seen her after that. What brought him into the spotlight, however, was his criminal record and his behavior after Erica vanished. Shane had been expelled from the high school that he and Erica attended after threatening a teacher and her daughter. He was also convicted of burglary. So during the investigation into Erica's disappearance, Shane maintained his innocence, but also refused to take a polygraph test 
and due to a lack of evidence, was never questioned in relation to Erica's disappearance. Then, less than two months later, Lainey was killed a short distance away. Now, this may be purely coincidental, but Shane Simcox is definitely someone worth looking into. Now, in addition to the idea that Erica's disappearance was related to Lainey's, another theory is that there is a serial killer stalking the area, or at least there was one at this time. Now, one local in Ohio so adamantly believes this theory that they posted it along with a map of the missing and murdered women in a missing person's Facebook group, listing Lainey as one of the potential victims. So between 1997, when Lainey was killed and when Erica went missing, and 2013, six women in the Cincinnati vicinity bearing physical similarities went missing or were murdered. In 2005, so about eight years after Lainey went, or Lainey went missing and then was found murdered, 18-year-old Misty Gwinner, as far as we could find, no relation to Lainey Gwinner, but pretty weird they have the same last name, disappeared from downtown Cincinnati and was found three days later on the side of the road. Five years after that, in 2010, 17-year-old Paige Johnson was abducted from Covington, Kentucky, where Mike Parton is from, directly across the Ohio River from Cincinnati and remained missing for almost 10 years until her remains were found in a park. In 2011, so the following year, 22-year-old Caitlin Markham, who was also from Laney's town of Fairfield, went missing from her home. And her body was actually found in the woods two years later. 28-year-old Mindy Ingram, who was from Cincinnati, was found strangled in the woods in 2013. And one private investigator theorizes that as many as 16 murders and disappearances in the area could be related and were likely committed by a truck driver whose route was through the Midwest. Since the theory emerged, a man has come forward and admitted to killing Mindy Ingram. But at the time of Lainey's death, he was living in another country, so he obviously couldn't have been involved. So no connection, at least, to Mindy Ingram. And even if there is a serial killer on the loose, Mindy's death was unrelated. So we can kind of take hers out of this pool. And then we can actually do the same for Paige Johnson, because in 2020, a 34-year-old man was arrested for the murder of Paige Johnson. And while he was in the area, he would have only been about nine years old at the time of Lainey's death. So very unlikely that he is involved in her murder. Yeah, so, you know, you can rule out a couple of these deaths or murders, but it seems like there are a few that appear to be connected. Yeah, I mean, or at they least, could be. Yeah, or at least investigators believe that they may be. Right, which is terrifying, you know, but uh, it's, it's definitely possible. So students at Mason High School in Mason, Ohio, northeast of Cincinnati, study Laney's case as a part of their forensics class, and their teacher, Randy Hubbard, actually hopes that it will lead to developments in the investigation. That's so cool because it helps the students learn, but then it also actually helps a real life case. I've never heard of anybody doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very unique. So after years of students pouring over the details, one class actually managed to gather that a witness passing by may have seen Lainey talking to a man outside her car that night, shortly after she left Gilmore Lanes the person who is now believed to be her killer. 
The witness claimed that this man was wearing a dress shirt and slacks and was about five foot nine inches tall. Laney's brother David, now married with children of his own, issued a statement thanking Randy for his commitment to finding his sister's murderer, saying, quote, The best way to describe what it means to me and my family would be overwhelming gratitude. I can't thank Randy, his class, and Mason High School enough. My sister's case has been a roller coaster ride over the years with different detectives and individuals putting so much time and effort into it without being able to get closure. The case has been quiet for some time now, so having Randy, his team, and all of those who have offered their help and support has brought a renewed sense of hope as well as a welcome reminder that while her case remains unsolved, it's still not forgotten. Another member of the community is maintaining his relentless search for Laney's car. So a local fisherman named Dustin Fall is using his own boat to comb the river where she was recovered, looking for any trace of her car, which is also amazing. And in the past years, he has helped recover three vehicles from the water. So Dustin just likes doing this. And Dustin is hopeful that this will help bring answers and closure if they search long enough, saying, quote, I'm going to work very closely with them from this day forward to help any way I can. I can see a tree limb laying in the bottom of the river. I can see tires laying in the bottom of the river and count them. A lot of times I can see a fish and stop and zoom in on it and tell you exactly what kind of fish that is. In 2006, Lainey's father, John, unfortunately passed away, and then in 2015, her mom, Sandra, followed. The two are buried alongside their daughter, and according to Lainey's aunt, Tammy Hall, she says, quote, They died brokenhearted, without answers and without justice. It pushed them into an early grave from the mental and physical stress of the whole episode. So I really feel like I didn't just lose Lainey, I lost them too. But Lainey's remaining friends and family still have faith that her killer will be found. Tammy added, quote, I have a feeling that one of these days it will get solved. But she still mourns the time that she lost with her niece and the promising future that Lainey was robbed of, saying, quote, She had her whole life ahead of her and will never get to see her get married, have children, or graduate college. Frank Smith, who retired in 2012 but claims that Lainey's case still haunts him, believes that it's possible that the perpetrator killed others before Lainey or killed again after her. He's also convinced that Lainey's killer lived in the area at the time and probably still does. While the Butler County Police Department have not made any recent announcements regarding the case, it is listed as a cold case that is still being investigated. Laney's friend wrote on the Justice for Laney Facebook page, quote, Every day we celebrate the life of Elena Laney Gwinner, our friend, and unfortunately now our angel. This website is our way of saying thank you to her for the way that she brightened our lives. We will always feel cheated that she was so young when she left us. At the same time, we should feel grateful that she was a part of our lives at all. It's a shame that it took losing Lainey for us to truly appreciate who we are without her. We want her to know that life without her is very difficult. She shared her joyous smile and laugh, her zest for life, and the passion for all things that were important to her. 
If you have any information regarding the death or disappearance of Lainey Gwinner, please contact the Butler County Police Department in Hamilton, Ohio at 513-785-1000. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, because we were late, we're going to have an episode for you guys on Tuesday. Tomorrow. And it's going to be a new one that we have gotten so many recommendations for and that Heath and I have been following this last couple weeks. We are so eager to put it out. So thank you guys so much for your patience on this episode. Thank you for always tuning in. Happy holidays and happy Monday. Also, remember to please share this episode. We really want to get it out there to help Lainey's family and her friends because she deserves justice. And if we can help in any way, we'd love to do that. So please share. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Also, thank you guys for leaving us reviews. Thank you to everybody who's headed over to our Patreon and subscribed. If you want some more episodes of Going West, you can head over to patreon.com slash goingwestpodcast and binge a ton of ad-free full-length episodes. Like 76, y'all. Yeah, like 76. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done